Yes, you, you lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show, where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, is the Effective Marketing YouTube channel. If you've spent a second here, you will know that I'm on a mission to give you everything you need to be successful in your business. As far as I know, as far as I can help you, that's about being more effective with your sales and marketing. So I am here giving you everything I have to give you in terms of sales and marketing experience and insights. I'm dragging in anyone I can find with uh, sales and marketing experience that they can also share with you. We bring you the very best and the very worst of marketing content on the internet. And every other Wednesday, we bring you the news with Melanie Farmer. But today is talk marketing, which means that we have a guest. And our guest has hospitality experience going all the way back to 1995 when he was a guest relations specialist with Disneyland Paris. Since then, he has been a resort representative and training specialist but mainly he has been hosting and presenting at conferences in 43 different countries. He is a story and delivery expert and a TEDx coach and speaker. And what you may not know, unless you follow him on Instagram, is that he has more than 350 pictures of his suitcase. Today's guest is Peter Hotwood. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon. Um, I like. I love that introduction. Um, things that have just popped out there. You, you, you said you drag people in onto this onto this uh, podcast, and uh, the best and the worst. I hope I'm more towards the best side than the worst. So dragging in the worst, I hope that that's not me. Is that is that me or not? I no, that's not you. No, because if I had a sense that you were the worst, you wouldn't have made it this far. The, the, the worst, I do like reaction videos where I watch stuff like marketing content and react to it, mainly because it's the laziest way of producing content. So that's like why I do it. But actually, it's really interesting. So recently, I've reacted to, there's a bit of a theme about nasty corporations at the moment. So I've done Coca-Cola, Marlboro and Nestle have been the last three that I did. But before that, I reacted to Steve Jobs telling the world about the world's a busy place. You know, people won't remember much about yeah. you. Make sure it's good stuff they remember. So that's that aspect. This isn't the worst. If I thought you were the worst, that's good. Yeah, that's good to hear. I, I, I I'm, I'm relieved. And yeah. also about my case, and I'm sure people are thinking, this case must be a good case, a good-looking case. I have to say, I think it is a good-looking case. Because if it was a, if it wasn't a good-looking case. More than three, anyway. More than one picture of an ugly case would not would not go down well. So hopefully, hopefully, if anybody is interested, I'm not sure whether they are. Hashtag my case and me. If you've got, if you have got uh, after this podcast, if you've got, you know, five minutes to spare, if you've got nothing to do, and you really are just intrigued by somebody who posts pictures on Instagram of his case, 
hashtag my case and me. Actually, I had to put in my hashtag my case and me and Peter Hotwood. So you're not quite oh, owning did... that hashtag. All oh, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not quite owning, but well, I you thought know. I had it after 350. I thought it was mine. Clearly not. So um, okay, my hashtag my case and me and Peter Hopwood. Yes, and, yes. Um, and knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. I think it is a pretty good case, a good-looking case, and I think they are pretty well. You know, I like to take a photograph. I think they're well shot, man. What are you shooting with? Is it with your well, phone? Thank you. With my phone and a couple of filters here and there. Okay. Um, and uh, and and the light of the, of the airport, the airport space, the departure halls, the ferry ports, bus stations, even a helicopter. There's a helicopter, my case, on a helicopter in there somewhere. And um, yeah, as I say, knock yourself out and uh, enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> if I'd known this was going to be such a feature, I would have set this up so I could share the screen and see. But I think people should have to go maybe and, you can. Maybe go you and can find it the for end, themselves. Maybe. I could if yeah, I thought maybe, about yeah, it for it's... a minute before. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was remotely interesting perhaps yeah but hey yeah oh you know if, if anyone's listening and again you've got nothing else to do and and um hopefully this won't be a boring uh conversation together if it is you've got something to look forward to <laughs> hashtag but you can go and me. do that instead of listening to us i think you, this could, do it, you could do it while you're listening hey yes they could do it while they're listening 100 percent I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. Well, it better be, given you know your, the way you present yourself. Well, yeah, absolutely. Storytelling experts, um, TEDx coach, speaker. Um, do you know somebody called John Formica? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Because there's another little thing going on in the universe where the universe is bringing me Disney people at the moment. So I've just been recommended, really? and I'm going to speak. Mm. I might speak to him this week or next week. He, he markets himself as the ex-Disney guy, and it's about bringing magic to your business. And anyway, so I thought I would mm. just check that first. Um, something else I wanted to ask you, no, there's not, um, about all of this stuff. Mm. Yeah, there is. I ask this quite a lot. Is marketing just performative? How come so many of us wannabe performers end up in kind of sales and marketing? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, interesting question, interesting um, take on that, actually, because, yeah, the way I see it is, okay, clearly marketing is really promotion, really promotion, and, and, and more and more, it's about stories. It's about getting people to feel something, getting people to feel something to make them change, perhaps, their, their opinions, change the way they're feeling about something, and then hopefully take action. And so marketing, being out there, being visible, being connecting, all these things are connected with clearly the way we share our messages, the way people's perception of us, our words, our, our body language, our, our ideas, the images we see, so a billboard, right? So all of that, again, is about signals, emotions, how we feel when we read certain text on that billboard, or the colors, or the, the, the way it's all put together. So so yeah, I mean, there, there is a certain connection, but I would say that, I would say that really, it's, it's, it's more about the connection, and more about the story, and the way people feel, that's number one. So you can do that through performing, you can do that through 
um, um, connecting. You can do that through words. You can do that through what people see. You can do that through what people hear. So all these all these different elements all together come together in terms of getting people to to feel differently about your message. Yes. Okay. Cool. So that brings us in nicely then, I think, to your specialist subject, which is, and I've wanted to speak to somebody about storytelling because I think there is enormous power in stories and I think most people don't really know what their story is and they certainly don't know how to tell their story. So I think your specialist subject is split essentially between storytelling and this TEDx presenting because this whole TEDx thing is not new anymore but it's interesting you know it's different and it's interesting i think so as you know there are only five questions you've forgotten the five questions but the first question is how are you qualified to talk to us about storytelling and tedx presenting um who do you work with how do you add value to their lives is the second question the third question is what is your recommendation for people who want to get better at storytelling or presenting, or even get into an opportunity to present at a TEDx. The fourth question is, what should people read? And the fifth question is, who can you throw under the bus who might endure to have a conversation like this with me? Do I need to remind you of question number one again? You do, you do, you do. Go back, let's go little one by one, and I'll, I'll tackle each of them. Okay, one, by, one one. by one. So question number one, how are you qualified to talk to us about storytelling? and this TEDx presenting type stuff. Yeah, okay, so so, so really, so if we go back, I, so I, I went to art college and this was in the you know, early 90s. And so create, in terms of creativeness, in terms of really being observant, in terms of the signals that I saw and, and creating images to make people feel something was all about what I was doing, right? I then went off that path I went off that path and started to work abroad, working in different countries. I worked for, for a holiday company um, in my early 20s. And this was this was really all about helping holidaymakers when they come on holiday, really help them by presenting all the great things they can do to have a great holiday, right? So really, I was presenting, speaking in front of 300 people four times a week, four different type, four different groups of 300 people um, every week for about eight months ago, right? So I was I was really confident at, at presenting, really confident presenting the same thing, which is very different from different things that you present. But I realized very early on that the way I was sharing, the way I was sharing my messages through the, my voice, through how I moved, my attitude, my intention, the speed of my voice, what I was saying, the words I was using, all these had a really big effect because some weeks I do really well at selling. And so that would mean, what would that mean? More money in my pocket at the end of the month. Great. Some weeks, very bad, <laughs> extremely bad. So no money at the end of the month in my pocket. And so how could that be with the same presentation, the same thing and sharing the same messages? It was all about those small things that change and the small things that you think about in terms of how you're being perceived, how you're sharing your messages, which make a difference. This, this was the start, right? So then I moved on to um, business training, business teaching, coaching. 
and then the presentation aspect came more into that and then after after a few years more here in croatia living in croatia i realized you know i'm gonna make a business out of this people then started to hire me to help them shape their messages and and deliver their presentations deliver a ceo for example would hire me to to prepare him for a conference talk or it might be might, might be, be a, a sales manager that just needs to really convince his team or, or get his team up to scratch in terms of the messages they're sharing so really it's all about it was really all about those two areas the delivery so how to come across all those things in terms of the confidence side which is important right looking at somebody making or, or feeling like they're confident helps you feel like you want to give more trust more credibility to that person so all these things are important how you look how you move how what you say how you say it all those things are great then it's about the other side which is maybe even more important and that's the the story side when i say story i mean more about connecting right so how can you connect better with your audience because at the end of the day whether you're whether you are really confident or not so confident if you have a good story or if you can connect well with relevance if you can connect well with making people feel an emotion that's relevant to them right and something that means something to them this this is far more far more important and far more essential than the other aspects many met for many years certainly at the beginning of my career i really thought that you know a good what, what is a good public speaker a good public speaker is somebody who is confident somebody that is that is using their hands a lot somebody that is is standing well somebody that is making you feel good somebody that is saying things in the right ways clear somebody who is um you know wearing the right right things on stage for example all these are good but really really before all of that it's the it's the connection in the words that you say to get people to feel the right thing that you want them to feel right to get them moving towards the action you want them to take right so that's really where the story side comes in and then and then more and more people start to hire me for for TEDx coaching and then I built up a, a, a reputation as somebody that can actually help global TEDx speakers who again hire me to to help them formulate their messages create crystallize what they have to say and then hopefully when they finished when they see when people see their TEDx talk they see the work that I've done with them to, to help people really connect. Because again, remember, you don't necessarily have to be really confident to really connect, to really have a, a strong talk, to really have a, um, a good meeting, to really have a strong webinar, to have a, 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 you know, a good speech. Confidence obviously helps, but it's really that connection and that relevance which is really what I like to focus on and the clients as well. So all of that, all of that, I've been doing it for the last 15 years or so. So I guess, I guess, and what, what my clients tell me, um, I guess that, that, that is, that is why I'm kind of qualified or have the credibility to, to share what I'm sharing right now. Cool. Good. 
Um, there is something like this performative thing. It doesn't go away. Like uh, more than half of the people that I speak to, I think this is probably the 70th one I've recorded. Maybe we're at somewhere like that. Um, maybe 68, 69. So somewhere like that. But everybody has some kind of creative background. Like you were at art school now, you're saying. But people are DJs. People are stand-up comedians. People are singers. But it seems that there's something about being a performer that makes you write for marketing, presenting, whatever it is that you're doing. I'm interested in this um, holiday camp. I'm saying holiday camp, resort. Holiday camp. Butlins. No, it wasn't Butlins. Yeah, it was um, Thompson (laughs) Holidays. (laughs) It was Thompson Holidays. That's right. And before that, Disney World. Disneyland Paris, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure that was all performance, no? That was like really yeah, laying well, it on Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's right. It's it's all about um, perception, how people saw you and when they come up to speak with you, helping them customer service, obviously, at, Paris, at Disneyland Paris was was really key, you know? So, so yeah, it, it was about how you came across. It was about how you this perception when people spoke to you how they felt about you so yeah all yeah. of the, all of this is important right but i mean yeah so yeah it's all important it's all important yeah but i think that's a great grounding because there is like famously that is kind of the channel into mainstream media like i'm thinking of um who's the guy in the sitcom lee mack you know he was famously a uh, in in the holiday industry, in a, a red coat, I think a red coat or a blue coat, I think Pontins or yeah. Butlins, one of those. Yeah. Um. So this was like previously, this was like quite well trodden ground. I don't know if it goes on so much anymore. I can't get away from this idea of performance. You know, it's like you. Have yeah, I think I think it, what, what this what this does. Okay, so certainly for me, at Disney, it gave me confidence. It gave yes. me confidence to face people. Right. It gave me confidence to 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 deal with people all the time. Yes. It gave me confidence when people came up to me. I could smile and I could deal with deal with. So not reject, not necessarily rejection, but when people were unhappy or or had a complaint, I could deal with that well. Same with working for Thompson Holidays. A lot of a lot of the time um, was 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 um, all about presenting what people could do in the resort. But a, a lot of the other time was actually dealing with unhappy people, right? People that are are not happy with with their holidays. Something's wrong, and I yes. had to fix it. I had to work out how to fix it. So constantly being being face to face with people that are not happy and having to f- to find solutions very quickly because time on holiday is really important time on holiday is so so important at people's time the seven day holiday even like half an hour that half an hour shouldn't be talking with me sorting out a problem with their you know um you know water that's not hot it's cold water for a yeah. day they need to, that half an hour should be on the beach right because they paid for that every yes. minute is paid for on holiday right so i had to figure out things very quickly so dealing with people all the time and and these presentations this was also together with with helping people there is a connection helping people to to figure out well help figuring out their problems because if i could do well in the presentations if i could build up trust in that presentation build up credibility get people to kind of have a relationship with me in some way right that really helped when they had a problem right so somebody who bought something from me when they had a problem 
it was so much easier to deal with it than somebody that didn't buy something from me. Isn't that, isn't that interesting, right? So, th so this, this connection, how we feel about people is so, so important. So going back to the original, what we were talking about earlier on, this performance side, traveling, that also helps with confidence. So think about it, when you travel, off, for most of us, makes us feel good. Makes us feel good in many ways. One of those ways is actually the confidence side because we feel like we've we feel like we've almost like certainly when we're younger to achieve something more right we're doing something that is out of our comfort zone often and if we can prove it to ourselves we can do it it makes us feel good right so so traveling is actually certainly for me as well and I'm sure for you when you go traveling and, and different places that you've you've been to at any stage in our lives and our careers it gives us this confidence boost and so for me at art school somebody who wasn't that confident but very observant and very susceptible to to what i saw to what i heard in terms of these emotions by then going to disney by then working as a as a as a holiday rep and and then moving on to coaching helping other people build up their confidence all of this helped me feel good about myself and help me to to strengthen my confidence which 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 i'm sure other people saw in me right yeah so we're talking kind of about the ingredients that make up like a good public speaker like so some of the things that you it's it, at some point at some level it's crowd management like, how can I stop this crowd from chasing me out of the building with like pitchforks and, and, and bits of wood on fire? So it's crowd management. It's having some something interesting, useful to say. It's the confidence. It's about being able to react to what's going on, like to be on your toes. So I think there's, there's some important elements to, be, to being able to stand up in front of a, a group of people and achieve something you know completely but out of all those out of all of those i would all, again always go back to that connection having something important to say having something relevant to say why should people listen you can be the co most confident person in the world you can be looking great uh, movement is wonderful everything is fantastic but if you haven't got anything to say that's relevant to the people that are in front of you there's no reason for people to listen nobody owes you their time at all always remember that so right now right now this podcast right me and you having this chat nobody owes me nobody owes you anything to listen to this why should anyone listen right so it's up to us me and you in this in this um what we're doing here online where, where you are in the UK, where I am in Croatia, trying to trying to do something, share messages, give value, and get people to go to, to rethink what they're how they're feeling, and 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 get this value element right. So that's number one, and that's number that's all, always the thing you have to think about, and always the thing that you have to give. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, if you're not doing that, you can you can it's, it's much more of a the, the 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 it's a more of an uphill battle right 
because because yeah. no one to get people's attention and certainly today certainly in, in you know right now in society wherever we are in the world attention spans are somewhat smaller somewhat shorter so we really have to be sharper we have to be sweeter we have to get people get get to people's emotions a lot quicker and and let them know why they should listen and why they should stick around again no one owes you a thing no one owes us a thing at all nobody really cares they only really care about something that's starting to be relevant to them and something that would give them value so hopefully by the end of this so why are people sticking around here and you 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 said that at the beginning you gave us a really good kind of like teaser why people should stick around what they're going to kind of get and so that's why people hopefully if they're still with us if we've got anybody with us hopefully they're still here um while this why why they are sticking around so having that always at the back of your mind nobody cares nobody nobody owes us a thing to listen to nobody nobody needs to to listen to us but if they do if they stick around we're going to do our best to give value right yeah i think that's true and i can't you're the third kind of public speaking coach that i've spoken to i um i am undecided whether it's more about it's like a chicken and egg situation isn't it like is it the confidence that sees you through like are speakers born or are they can you coach speakers that's kind of the question is it you know will the confidence see you through if the confident if the content is a bit flaky you know is it good content that actually gives you the confidence i can't quite work that out i don't need to work that out necessarily do you know what i mean i yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah i am exactly in my flow when i stand up in front of a group of people there is no function element time event in my life where i am happier more confident more engaged than when i'm in front of a group of people and i've not like maybe once or twice I've had a thought like what if I fuck this up but I haven't necessarily you know I've I've been in rough rooms um but I so I don't know I tend to think where I come from I kind of feel like people either have the confidence energy insight to do it or they don't and and I also have an issue with the way people are taught I don't know how you taught people but I feel like people who are taught are very wooden and not very engaging and not very and so you don't quite get that relationship but this is what i think and we're not here to feel here about what i think we're here to hear about what you think you clearly think that people can be coached because you coach them so how does that work yeah okay so there's a lot of things there to kind of unpack right but okay so so in terms of in terms of connection like we say like i've said you've got the, the delivery side the confidence side and then you've got the con real connection side the connection side so what you're saying relevance what it means to people why they should stick around and the value right now you can have a whole spectrum of different people in sharing their messages in different ways and the audience, it all depends on the audience, how it makes them feel, right? So yeah. you can get people that are very confident and very brass and very, you know, um, elaborate and, 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 and they've got, they tick all the boxes. But 
in front of the audience they're in front of, depending on who that is, they're not they're not always connecting. I'll give you an example. For example, you that many conferences that I do are maybe more, let's say, technical conferences, really technical in terms of in terms of ideas and 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 IT technical stuff that I'm I'm not too aware of. Generally, yes, but really deep diving into the ideas. I no, don't have much idea at all. But when they share their messages on stage, the, the, the confidence, there is no real confidence. In terms of delivery, not really doing techniques and things that can, that can help people understand those messages better, right? But in front of a technical crowd, though that technical crowd absolutely love those presentations. Right. So somebody that's not some the it's all about the audience. If the audience can connect and it's in their world and it's what they like and it's what they they're used to. Right. Then then that works. So so these these presenters, they're again, they're very wooden. They're very um, not really sharing techniques or things or sort of gloat sort of international signals that we can share to get people to listen to us and to keep our attention, right? They don't need those because the audience is not expecting that, right? So, on, but on the other side of the other side of the coin, you might get, let's say, let's say a TV presenter, right? A TV presenter. Now their job is really for the masses, right? So what they do, their idea is really, what, what they have to share is things like warmth, Really simple things like warmth, intention. The intention is to help people understand things better, get people excited, get people curious, make people smile, get, make people feel like they're in the right place. Right. So, so that kind of a presenter on TV or, or an MC, similar to, to, to the job that I do for sort of large global tech conferences, which are a bit of bit of everything. Right. My job there is really to to get people to, to, to feel good, right? And so my confidence in that, if I don't feel confident in that, if I don't sound like I'm feeling good, I can't expect other people to feel good. If I can't, if, I, if I'm not excited to, or intrigued to really hear what's coming up, no one else is gonna feel the same. So, 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 coaching people helping people to to connect is really is really the job i'm doing yeah so connection and that could be again that could be a whole different scale you can get people that are you know not not great at public speaking not great at connection not great at at standing in front of a crowd so really for those for those people it's about it's more about the confidence the self-confidence the the awareness of how people when they look at them when people look at them, how they feel about them, the perception. So a lot of it is, is perception, trying to create the right percep perception so that people will listen to them more, right? Gaining yeah. attention, things we can cer certainly do to, to help people listen to us more, right? So, so it, it, it's often about what's inside here we work on to get people to feel good. And if they are feeling good inside, we feel good. However yeah. people feel at that moment, at any moment, at, at, at any time, 
we can feel the same right so it's 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 often about that so that's the first thing getting getting into their heads really listening to how they perceive themselves when they speak and trying to to sort of join the dots from where they are to where they could be i'm not talking about being you know fantastic public speakers i don't take speakers to to a to a you know the the, the from one level to the other i don't usually take them there because that takes time it takes effort it takes experience so i can take somebody from here and take them a little bit further along or i can take somebody that's already a strong speaker and really take them up to the next level with with things with ideas with little things they can think about small things that can actually mean a big big difference to the perception of the people that are looking at them right yeah a hundred percent i my attitude has always been it's a hundred percent about the audience so if i'm scared i'm i'm wrong already you know i'm going in the wrong direction it's got absolutely nothing to do with me and it has absolutely everything to do with the audience. So if I'm focused on me, i.e. I'm scared before I get up on stage, and this bleeds into what you're saying, is if I'm scared, I've got it wrong for a start, because that absolutely isn't the right answer. It's not about me, it's about them and the value that they get. But if I'm scared and I step on stage, there is nothing more, I mean, there's plenty of things more upsetting, but there's nothing more upsetting in that environment than somebody getting up on stage and really clearly having a bad time. I mean, they communicate that to everyone immediately, you know. So I'm 100% with you. It's about the audience. It's about what yeah, they and need and what they take. That's right. So when you, when you go up, again, thinking, again, a really good tip as well to remember this. So when you're, whatever you think about, you can only think about, we can only really think about one thing, one idea at a time right so if we're focused whatever we're focused on it usually the more we focus on it and the more time we spend on it that focus that thing usually gets bigger yeah right? so it think about so think about think, absolutely so think about you know when you're when you're really focused on something that you want right something in your career or you're really trying to achieve something right you're sort of doing all these different things to try to get there right but also the other thing the other side of the coin when you're i don't know going through a crisis or you you've got some some shit going on in your life and you keep thinking about your worry like worry worry usually gets bigger when we think about it obviously yeah, it's yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger right and we can't and those other things around us that we could be thinking about we we don't think about it because this this kind of thread of of the worry thread just gets bigger and bigger or the thread of sort of good stuff gets bigger and bigger right so the, the thing here to remember is we can only think of one thing so when we're going onto a stage or when we're going on into this this uh, um, a moment where we're out, out of our comfort zone and where nerves start to kick in, we need to focus on something that we can that we can stick to. And, and one thing you can do there, again, we've mentioned it already, is the value. Think about the value. Think about what you're going to share. Think about what you're going to give. So think about what what is this, what is the audience going to feel when I finish? Yes. What are they going to get from this? So you, if you just keep thinking of that, you can't, you just can't think of, oh, 
you know, what, what will people think of me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what will people think of, of? Will I fit into this? Will Will they reject me? Because because as, as soon as you start asking yourself those questions, you start asking another question that leads to another question that makes this worry bigger, that makes this anxiety bigger. The, this isn't something that will avoid you from um, being anxious at all, but it helps. And the more you do it, the more you do this, the more the more it can help you reduce this anxiety. So on on stages on. Um, so last week I was in Porto, right? 3,000 people. Just before, my anxiety rose really quickly because usually just before, that's where your the peak of anxiety really goes up, right? So I, I knew I was feeling that way. I knew I could feel it. I always feel it. But then when I feel it, I remind myself why I'm here. I remind myself, Peter, you know, you've done this many times. I remind myself why I'm hired to do this because I've got the experience and because they like me because I think I thought they liked me but I hope they did they did <laughs> right so I remind but myself they pay that, your invoice. Okay, they, not yet but um <laughs> oh they may not have liked you man <laughs> may not I don't know um at least I got a picture of my case of me in Porto anyway so the thing is again thinking about what I'm going to share the value, feeling good. So I, behind backstage, I'm like feeling good. I'm imagining myself on stage, and I'm imagining myself exactly where I'm going to stand, how I'm going to how I'm going to be moving, what my body language is going to be like. Already in my head, I've got the first, you know, three, four, five sentences, which is really important. The first three, four, five sentences. Those are, that's the moment where people are judging you, whether they're deciding whether they like you, whether they don't like you, whether you've got enough credibility for this, whether they should stick around. So, but all those phrases are all phrases designed to get people to stick around, to get people to feel good. They're in the right place. They're, they're looking forward to 3,000 people ready to hear, you know, keynote speakers coming on stage in a few minutes, right? Ready to feel good after two days walking away from a conference that's going to give them lots of ideas, insights, help them rethink the way they're feeling about certain things in marketing and management, blah, 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 right? So if I didn't think of those things, my mind automatically would take me to a place that would make me feel, oh my God, 3,000 people in front of me, you know, I hope I'm going to be okay. I'm, you know, I'm, how do I look? Um, what, what will they think of me? Blah, 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 blah. Right. So it's all yeah. about just the focus we have. Anything we focus on, we can only focus on one thing. And the focus we have, if we if we keep focusing on that, it gets bigger in both sides. Good things and bad things, unfortunately. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it seems to me that it's diametrically opposed. You're either focused on them. Or you're focused on you. And if you're focused on you, I think you're banging trouble at that point. Okay, so what's interesting then is this idea of storytelling. Like, why are stories important or powerful? And how do you go about producing your own stories? I've got a theory. Do you want to hear my theory? Go for it. I think it's all just stories anyway. I think they're all just making it up. It's one way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, how are stories I mean, powerful? How do you come about creating stories 
that connect with people. That's why I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. So, so if it, let, let's first of all look at let's sort of like you know, scrape away this myth of 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 storytelling. And for many people, it's when we talk about storytelling, or you see it somewhere, or you hear about it. Um, for many people, we think it's kind of like this kind of fluffy thing that that is all about um, you know uh, from from rags to riches. From, you know, uh, going up a mountain and and and, uh, and putting on the flag on the top of a of Mount Everest and and being an Olympic champion, all these kind of heroic stories of of great achievements, let's say. But in fact, right, stories the the what stories do when we start sharing stories, what they are essentially are, and I like to call these moments of emotion. They're emotion. Right, we're talking about stuff that's happened to me, to you, to other people, and their emotion. And with emotion, grown adults—I say grown adults because when we're younger, we don't necessarily have experienced the majority of of emotions, of of general emotions that we feel. So, as grown adults, we've experienced um emotions like sadness like happiness like excitement like rejection like um, um passion um, all these different emotions right and so stories share emotions on how often how people feel and how people react right and so this is relevance so anything that we can relate to and emotions are the most easiest thing we can relate to this makes us feel something, right? And it connects with us. So, so stories. So, let's say, okay, stories that they're, they're all around and they come in all all different shapes and sizes. So, you're meeting a buddy for a coffee, for a drink, for a beer, and you're talking about something that happened to you the the, the other week, right? That's a story. A story. So, gossip is story. Right. Celebrity magazine. We're looking at a celebrity magazine. I don't know. The latest celebrities just had an affair with some other celebrity. Who cares? Right. We I don't care. You probably don't care. But I'm sure many people do care because it's it's it, again, it's gossip and it's emotion. It's 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 this emotion that we that we want to hear and that we that we are attracted to. We can't get away from it. And if it's emotion that's relevant for us, if we can feel that emotion then we, we're more in a place where we're going to listen more, right? So stories do, do so many things. Like I say, they, they're connected with emotion. They also, they're also very viral. They're a great way to, they're very viral. They, we can pass them on quickly. So I can tell, so I tell you a story about something that's happened to me. And then you might, because it's a crazy little thing, you might share that with someone else then they might share that with someone else. And every time they'll share it in a different way. But it's the same message, right? So I don't, again, the latest footballer from, I don't know, um, uh, Sterling, I think, has just left Manchester, Manchester City. He's moved to, no, 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 Ronaldo, right? Ronaldo right now, he should be in the Middle East, uh, should be in, I think it's Bangkok, I think with the team. Um, with Manchester United, he's not joined them, right? We don't know why, but there's loads of stories. People are talking about this. Journalism is stories, right? We share. We, we, rumors are going around. People are uh, 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 suggesting what's happening, right? 
but it's all to do with emotion, right? Whether he wants to stay, whether he's getting enough money, what, how will this affect the team? So all of this is a, is, is a story, getting people to feel something. So wh whatever it is, when we start sharing emotion and, and, and a great way to do that is through story, we get people, more people to listen. If we take it, if we look at, let's say, a sales pitch compared to a story pitch, let's say, right? A sales pitch, sales pitch is really, if you, if you, if you, if you bring it right down, it's really reasons why, a, a list of reasons why you should hire me or, or take the product or, or buy this service or buy this product, right? So a list of reasons. Yeah. A story pitch, a story pitch is more about stories or things that have happened to maybe clients that have been happy, right? Sales stories, stories of, of the journey of how a customer became a customer, a customer with the same problem, a similar problem that you have, right? Or, or a similar problem that your company has, and you've bought this product, you've you've invested into this service, and at the end, in the end, you know the customer, the client is happy, is enjoying that service, is is helping them do something, it's helping them achieve something, right? So so when we listen to stories, we lean in, and we we want to listen more. It's a really subtle way of just getting people to listen more. Right. So, 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 so that's really, I mean, and there are many other small things as well. They're unpredictable. Stories are unpredictable. Anything unpredictable, we're more likely, we're more likely to listen to. If this podcast, if, if people knew exactly what was going to go down with us on this podcast today, when, before they listen, they probably wouldn't listen because they've heard it before. Anything we've heard before, we're in a less, we're less likely to listen again to, right? So, so stories, if I, I start to tell you about, you know, something that happened to me yesterday, it's um, something that, that really surprised me, something that I, I really don't want to happen again, right? I'm going to tell you this right now, and um, I'd love to hear what you think about it. I'm not going to tell you about this right now, but just by saying those things there, hopefully you're intrigued. You're at least, at least a little bit curious because you don't know what's going to happen. There's emotion involved in there because I said it's, it really surprised me and I don't want it to happen again. When I say those two things, automatically you as a listener, you hear those things and you think to yourself, oh, I wonder what it is that surprised him because it, it could surprise me. I don't want it. He said it doesn't want to happen to him again. Well, how could that relate to me? Something that I don't want to happen to me again, right? So, so th this this emotion and the story we're attracted to, and it's a really good way of of connecting. So, really, let's say working with startup founders when they're pitching, helping them really create their pitch and bring their story in. Not necessarily their story but stories to help people connect better right 
a lot of it is looking at their service, looking at their product, looking at what they do, looking at how they help people, looking at how they, they, you know, what is it that they do that, that, that is the change? How can we humanize that? How can we make that, how can we connect with someone emotionally and make that relevant to how people feel, right? Once we've got that, once we're towards that, people are more, far more likely to listen to you and to connect to you. As soon as it means something to them, then it, then it, then we connect, we connect better, right? I can say to you right now, I can say to you right now, tell me, if I was to ask you your, your favorite, your favorite chocolate bar, your favorite UK chocolate bar, your favorite UK, UK chocolate bar that you could have on a desert island for six months, just that chocolate bar. Crazy thought, not good for your teeth, not good for <laughs> not anything. Good for maybe. anything, I don't think. But who cares? Who cares? <laughs> if you choose one chocolate bar for six months, what would it be? Now, just think about that. Don't tell me, just think about it, right? Now, I'm going to tell you right now the chocolate bar I would choose. I'm not going to tell you that chocolate bar. Actually, okay, Kit Kat. It's a Kit Kat. But anyway, is it was yours a Kit Kat? What was yours? No, it was a Cadbury's Oreo chocolate bar. Oh, okay. Anyway, I like chocolate too much, bro. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, but the thing is, here at the end of the day, when I asked you this, you started to think about it. It meant something to you, right? Because you put yourself in that position. You put yeah. yourself on that desert island. And you were thinking to yourself, what am I going to, you know, pull open every day? What kind of chocolate bar can I see myself opening and eating, right? I didn't know what that was, had no idea. Once you thought about that, and I said, then I said to you, I'm going to tell you now what, what chocolate bar I, I, I would choose. Again, you're more in a position to listen to me and hear what I have to say because you've already thought about it and it's already had a connection with you. So yeah. it's all about, so, so this connection, starting that connection, especially with stories, starting with that connection helps people get in the right frame of mind, ready to listen and ready to connect. And with okay. stories, obviously, with, with business. Sorry, carry on. So are there, how do you put a story together? Like, are there components to a story? Is there like a beginning and a middle and an end? Are there things? Well, listen. You, what makes it a story yeah, as I mean, opposed to making it you just saying stuff? Yeah. Listen, I mean, there are lots of different ideas on this, right? Where you, get, you start off with the setting, right? So the setting is the characters involved, who they are, where they are, what's happening. And then something happens, the conflict, the... The, the, the surprise, something happens within there, right? And then the kind of resolution, what happened at the end, something that's, and in business, often it's about, it's about a lesson, something we can learn from, something we can, something we can use, right? However, however, I'm, the, the, the way that I kind of try to help people with storytelling is, is really not always about that, right? It's about, again, just looking at moments, things that have happened, things that have happened in the past, things that are happening now, things that are happening in the, in the future that 
have a lesson and can, we can connect to. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that, right? For example, okay. Have you heard of the IKEA effect? Have you ever heard of the IKEA effect? The no IKEA, the Swedish furniture brand. That's right, the IKEA effect. Have you heard of that? I'm not sure. There's something. There's this something called the IKEA effect, and I found I learned it. I found out not so long ago what that is, right? And it's simply right. So IKEA. So what happens with IKEA, the the the, the furniture firm, furniture company? Um, they've kind of based their kind of mainly the whole kind of perception brand early on was all about you know going into the into the shop and buying a let's say a wardrobe or or, or cabinets or big, big cabinets and then they're all flat packed together they're all kind of just bits of wood all put together you take that home and when you get home you put it on the floor you open up the instructions and you make it right and you put it all together yourself and voila you've got your cabinets or wardrobes at home right now this this ikea effect is all about when you make something when you actually make that wardrobe when you've made the wardrobe and your wardrobe is there in your in your in your bedroom or wherever it is hopefully in your bedroom and you look at it you feel connected to that wardrobe right because you made it it's yours yes and it kind of reminds me yeah it kind of reminds i don't know whether you did this when you were a kid um maybe we did a lot regrettably <laughs> jigsaw puzzles massive jigsaw puzzles we'd make the jigsaw puzzle on the table we'd all all the family would would, would put in the you know put in the it would take ages but together we would do it together as a family and then whatever the picture was my mum don't know why but she just loved to put these in a frame and put them on the wall right Sometimes they were horrendous pictures, horrendous jigsaw puzzles, but we didn't care because that big jigsaw puzzle put together by all of us meant something because it was ours, because we made it, right? Yes. So this, this, this IKEA effect is all about the idea of when you bring people together and they contribute to something, the end result becomes more of an achievement and it becomes more connected and people um, are more more focused on it and they they tend to feel a connection with that far more than if they weren't part of it right so yeah. it kind of got me thinking certainly got me thinking right in terms of the teams that we work with the teams in our own teams in our own companies right things we do together creating something, creating a website, for example, or creating a, or des designing a, a new logo. People that have contributed to that logo in terms of their opinion, in terms of what they feel, in terms of their pers perspective, when that logo comes out, they feel more connected to it. Even the simplest thing as, let's say online, popping out, and we see this sometimes on LinkedIn, where somebody's like thinking about, ah, oh, what, sh what should be our next logo? Or our next slogan, and they give us four, and then we let we let our LinkedIn network kind of help us decide which one which one it should be, right? So when we see that end result, and we've contributed to, to that, we kind of feel more connected with it. So this this IKEA effect is all about that. So so this was just an example. So you've got the IKEA effect. 
you've got the little story of what it is but the most important thing is that bridge right the, the bridge i then said it got me thinking this got me thinking and then connected it to the point I wanted to share, which was trying to bring people together to decide, bring people together to to have an, have more of a connection with the end achievement, right? So projects, yep. project management, that's what that is all about, right? Yes. So because we're connected with something more, we feel we feel we feel more connected to the end results, and yeah. that we can do all the time. So all it is just taking simple things that we see that happen to us that we see on TV for another, another example. So during the pandemic, barbershops, male hairdressers, right? During the pandemic, obviously, they shut down and lost lots of their lots of their clients, right? But if I ask you right now, which type of clientele do you think they've lost the most? The, the chunk of, of clientele that they will never get back. Who do you think they are? What would you say? I've got no idea. This, this is this is according to male um, uh, hairdressers in the UK, right? So this is simply young kids, not necessarily kids, but young men with very short hair not necessarily very short hair, but short hair, enough for them to buy their own cutting machine and do it themselves. So all the ones that are doing it themselves, that during the pandemic thought, I'm not paying, I don't have, you know, I can't go to the hairdressers, so I'm gonna buy a, a, a cutting machine, a shearing machine, a, a hair cutting machine from Argos or, or, or wherever, and, um, and do it myself. And they get used to that, and they do that over six months, a year, however long it was, and they don't come back because they're happy with what they got. So this kind of got me thinking, right? It's really got me thinking about the things that we're doing, every single one of us, business owners, the products, the services we share. If there was something, if there was how, or, or essentially, how can we keep our clients with us and not letting them go and, and, and doing or or connecting to the service that we share. So essentially, how can we keep our clients and avoid what happened with barbershops, right? So so it's all about this kind of like story and then or idea, however quirky it is, and then connecting it with, well, this got me thinking, or this is exactly what we're doing in our company, or this this is something maybe we should all be thinking about, or how does that relate to this, right? Just a hook, and then the message we want to share, right? Again, turtles, right? Apparently, when you buy a, a terrapin or a turtle, you, when you buy a, a, a tank, basically the size of that turtle it grows to, right is the size or, or, or the other way around sorry the tank that you buy however small or large is the size of which the turtle will grow have you ever had a turtle or terrapin i've never had a turtle no i've got a mate who's very into right. turtles really apparently this is true right so if you buy if you buy a little tank and you've got a little ter terrapin or a little turtle 
that turtle or terrapin will not grow to a really big size. It will stay at that, at that size. So again, this got me thinking, when we're looking for space, when we're looking, when we're trying to grow our businesses, do we think about, you know, big, big office space, big, you know, giving this impression that we're really big, right? Investing into, into a, a, you know, a larger team, even though maybe we haven't got the, the clients yet. And we hope, for, hopefully they will grow into that. Or do we stay where we are with that space around us, maybe psychologically telling us this is where we are and this is where we should be or doing it the other way around, right? So, yeah. so you see what I mean? So it's, it's, it's often about taking these, these ideas and then a hook and then, and then the message. That's, that's simply one way of doing it, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So who are you working with and, and how are you adding value to their lives? So I work with so a whole range of different types of people. So CEOs, for example, CEOs who are who have a, like last week a CEO that contacted me. I've been working with him for quite a while, in fact. And he has a weekly kind of weekly webinar, weekly kind of seminar, talk, a, a briefing with with all of his employees. And he has to do that well. He has to share his message pretty short, it has to be sharp and it has to be clear. Right. And he does this online and it gets recorded and it gets shared out in a, in a newsletter right, to everybody in the company. So he, he calls me. And we together, we work out the message. We work out, you know, what do we want people to feel from this? What do we want people? What's the action we want people to take? And then once we've got that, then we work out how to deliver that in a, in a really sharp and good way. Again, on online camera standing, all these different elements, which are slightly different in, in a virtual world than it is uh, in, in, uh, in person. So that's one type of person. Another startup founders, again, startup founders right now, there's a big conference coming up in, in September and um, a procurement conference. And what I'm doing is working with startups who are in the final, they've contacted me. I will, I will help them with their pitch on stage, right? I'll do that before they obviously get there. So again, it's about really, they've only got three minutes to do it. And I have to help them to, to connect the, in the best way that get people not to invest in them, not to give them money straight away. My job is really to help them create curiosity to get people to have a conversation with them. That's it. That's it, right? A conversation. So with startup founders, often it's the easiest thing we can do is get people to have a conversation with you. Right. So get them curious, get them maybe sometimes get them skeptical, because if people are skeptical, it often encourages them to challenge you. And when they challenge you, that's a conversation. And if you can, if somehow, if somehow you can, if somehow you can change that, turn that around, that's a good thing. So, again, with startup founders, it's about helping them create something that get people to go, hmm, I'm. I'm I kind of like that. I, I, I want to know more. Right. So I work with, as I say, startup founders in, in, in that respect. Again, I might work with 
a TEDx speaker who is who's already got the gig and is looking forward to it. They've got a couple of months to 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 really polish it up. They'll hire me to help them really really shape that story and connect. And that could be on the two sides, on the story side and also the delivery side, right? So it could be that, or simply sales teams, often sales teams, they, they, we connect up and in a team, you've got people in that team that maybe are not up to scratch in terms of certainly working with, working it with this virtual format. Now it's been what, two years now, more than two years of this. Most people are quite confident at it because they've been doing it a lot. So anything we do a lot of, we get confident at. Our brain tells us we're, we're, we're confident. And for many, our brain tells us we're good at it if we do it a lot, right? That's not necessarily the case because yeah. we could be doing something for many years and be very bad at it. So without kind of guidance or without somebody that can show them or maybe help them point out or help them realize the things they could be doing better, they often stay where they are. So helping people to, to really get good at this, really get good at trying to create this connection quicker, trying to build up this relationship quicker so that we can get to, 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 to business quicker, right? So that often with sales teams, that's really where there seems to be a lot of conflict because often you can get people that are really good salesmen. So before the, the pandemic hit, really good salesmen, people that are really good at selling, really good at maybe over the phone, really good in person, great. When it comes to this, we saw a lot of people that were different, a lot of people that maybe weren't used to this format, out of their comfort zone, didn't really, wasn't really aware, weren't really aware of the things they could be doing to connect better. And so their sales performances weren't as high as they were in person. And also the other way around, where people maybe in the real world, real world, in person, maybe were not great sellers, but when they came here, suddenly they were they 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 were doing things which were really good at connecting, really good at helping the other person on the other side who they're talking to, really build up that connection and that trust and credibility, right? And they became stars online, you know, like you know, virtual sellers, virtual salespeople that were doing really, really well, sort of unsuspected, surprising members of the team that were doing really, really well. So yeah, so so in this respect, it's all about helping, helping people to get really good at this, seeing this format as something, maybe something, sometimes even better as a, as a way of, of selling, as a way of connecting, as a way of building up a relationship than sometimes in, in, in person. So those, those kind of like, four there are a few others as well but those kind of four areas are are really where where i help uh, where people come to me and hire me to, to 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 help them do do those things cool so what's your recommendation for people who want to get better at this like if they want to get better at presenting better at storytelling and the tedx thing is quite a particular thing for me because it seems to me like i think I live in a slightly different space, certainly than the TEDx thing, because for me, I, I didn't know about the IKEA effect, but I'm a huge fan of it now. <laughs> I've always employed the IKEA effect. 
So for example, like before, when I said it'll be better if they go themselves to look at your suitcase, they'll have more sense of achievement. It's like the climbing a mountain effect, isn't it? Like the view is you, you are rewarded with the view is the idea. I always, I always think of it as like a conversation. Like I'm always asking open questions and inviting them to talk. Um, that's kind of the way I like to do it. I find it interesting and challenging to do that. I'll tell them I've heard everything I'm going to say today before. You know, I'm interested in you. That's my approach. But Ted X is, is very much a tell. You know, it is very much you've got whatever it is, 10, 12 minutes, whatever it is, 18 minutes, um, and you are telling this story or whatever it might be. So it's quite a distinct thing. So what is your your recommendations for people who want to get better at speaking, better at um, storytelling, maybe better at like being in a TEDx situation? I, I, okay, I think the first thing is... Um, the first thing is, I, so I could, you know, people can listen to, to podcasts like this all day. They can buy books. They can watch um, YouTube videos. They can, they can, you know, there's so much, so much out there, right? But none of that, none of it is as powerful as when you start to do it, when you start to actually put yourself in a position where you have to speak. Now, over the last couple of years, the good thing is more people have had to do more speaking, more speaking in terms of to a camera, virtual exchanges, because they have to, right? And I guess generally that has helped many people feel more confident about themselves, right? There are more podcast hosts now, more podcasts, obviously. So more people are speaking. So in my, in my job as an MC, there are more people doing my job than ever before, right? Because they've built up the confidence because they had to, right? So doing it, actually speaking, so whether it be a webinar, whether it be hosting a meeting, whether it be whether actually even just these intro calls that you might have on a daily basis, have a look at yourself. I'm not saying you need to record these conversations that you have with people from work or clients or potential clients, right? Not about that. It's about being aware of what you look like, being aware of how you come across, being aware of how you sound. You can do that easily by recording yourself on Zoom. Zoom does it really well, um, all these other platforms as well. So looking at yourself and being critiquing yourself is a good thing. Now, I know what you're going to think. I know what many people are thinking. They're thinking, like, you know, I really don't want to listen to my voice. I really don't want to see myself on camera, right? Once you get past, believe me, once you get past that thing with your ego, you'll actually see stuff that, you like and you and you probably you won't be as as disappointed as you think you're going to be right you won't be let down as you as, as much as you think you will be right because we're actually better than we think we're often better than we think right so just being aware is a really good thing so doing more stuff doing more and i'm not if you can speak more if you get an opportunity to be on a panel more let's say or or just really start off with like webinars for example or or even or even just as simple as you're at an event and they ask people in, in the audience anybody who has a question ask a question you know the reason why many people don't ask questions is because they don't want to have the focus on them and they don't, 
you know, they, because you have the microphone in your hand, somebody will bring over a mic and you have to ask a question and people are looking at you. Do it. Because the more you do that, it probably feels scary. You'll probably feel out of your out of your comfort zone. It'll feel awkward. But in fact, the more you do it, the more experience you'll have and the more you'll feel more comfortable, right? So two things there, doing it more and keep building on that. And the second thing is awareness. The more we are aware of ourselves, of how we come across, of how we perceive ourselves as speakers, right? Even how we perceive ourselves in what we do in our work, all of this awareness, all of the awareness side is such a such an important part, certainly for my personal development over the years. I'm still moving forward, always looking at, at the videos. I'm always looking at, I will listen back to this podcast. I will hear things that I like. I will hear things certainly that I've said that. I, maybe I don't know why I said that, or maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or I'll also hear other phrases that I, I really like as well that maybe I'll use again, or maybe I'll use in some other format right? Or ideas that I've, that I've spoken about, or ideas that I've heard from you, perhaps, right? So this, this awareness side is, is such an important part. So, so those are the, I would say those are the two things to kind of look at and focus on in terms of getting better and building up your confidence and building up your self-esteem and, and, um, and trying to think again, think more about the emotional side. If we can connect with emotion, we're on the right track, right? How so? Whatever your 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 let's say a, a, a morning meeting, a weekly meeting, you're you're the head, you're the manager, you're the lead of that meeting. What you're about to talk about? Why should people listen? Why should your your colleagues listen to you for a couple of minutes? Or five minutes or whatever it is what are they going to get from this meeting right what are the what are the things in that meeting that mean things to them make it relevant to them right just thinking about those things every time you speak whatever it is keynote tedx speech webinar morning meeting podcast why should people listen i, I would say those are those there's so much to, to, to think about but if you start with those start with those ideas you're you're on the right track yeah i think 100 percent. i think you need to start doing it you need to be reflective in when you're doing it i think that's great advice really really good advice thank you cool so we're at question four already question four is an easy one what should people read what should people read um in what way? In what, in what comes after that question? Is it what people should read? Question mark? Is it what people should read to do with storytelling, to do with life, to do with whatever? Do with whatever. What have you read whatever. that you think? People okay, listen. Read? I've, I've got a book right here, right in front of me, because I actually have lots of books here. You'd, you'd be surprised. You you would be surprised. Right in front of me now, so you can see me standing up. People that are watching this or looking at this on on um, visually, you'll see that I'm standing. Now I'm standing because my um, laptop is on, is, is elevated and my my camera is elevated to eye level. I do this because I need, uh, standing up is actually a very good thing for me and it, hopefully it helps the audience and the listener feel more connected as well because I can move forward and back. Anyway, it's up high and it's actually on 
an ironing board because ironing boards are fantastic because they can go up really high on an ironing board on that ironing board i've got lots of books right lots of books and then my laptop and one of those books i'm going to hope well it's already on the side it's not under the laptop because if it was don't it disrupt the structure man no, it's just, everything would just like crumble yeah. it's not going to crumble but i've got it here and it's called there we are the, the rules of life by richard templer now this he's written like i think he's written loads of books in terms of um the rules of something so the rules of thinking the rules of work the rules of lots of different things this one here and i've got most of them this one here the rules of life is is literally inside it has rules up to i think there's 107 rules and you can dip in dip out pop in pop out with all these just simple things that are relevant to everyone on on, on being a better person connecting better appreciating things better and yeah i would say i would say if you if you're at a, a bookshop wherever you are um at, at an airport if you if something to read check out any of his series in fact richard templer and uh and you won't be disappointed cool Excellent. I have thoroughly enjoyed. Have you this got one? Have you got one? Have you? I would love to know. Have you got? A, 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 what are you reading? What would you recommend to me? I think there's several books that have changed. Like, if there's an author I love, it's Malcolm Gladwell. I just like oh. the way he looks at the world and inverts everything and makes it make sense in a different way. Um, Flow by is it Chechen Chechen Mahali? That is an amazing book. That book kind of changed my attitude to the world or to the way that mm. I function in the world. Um, so those would probably be my recommendations. Interesting. Um, Malcolm Gladwell. So Malcolm Gladwell, I met him about seven years ago in Dubai. So I was uh, presenting a, a, an HR conference and he was, um, he was the keynote speaker, right? So he, wonderful ideas, wonderful ideas getting people engaged getting people connected a, a master right completely but i have to say in terms of his delivery he, then anyway I, I think it's slightly changed now but then his delivery was not strong right so yeah. so he really was not strong he had like loads of papers in his hand he was he, was, he wasn't really using his gestures much at all sort of standing still um pan-faced um, emotion, not really too much emotion in there. The voice was actually, the tone was pretty much the same all the way through. So many things were, if you wrote them down, you think, well, you know, these, these are not the kind of things that you would expect from a, a good, strong public speaker. But that, that's exactly my point earlier on, right? You can, you can, it's all about the connection. It's all about what he was saying. It was all about what he made us feel, right? Yeah. So you think about a book, a book can do that really well. A book doesn't have, you know, doesn't have the gestures. It doesn't have the, the, um, the tone. It, it, it's basically all about the words that you read and you interpret and what it means to you. Right. So yeah. focusing on that first, then you just wrap that up with the, you know, strong ways of delivery. You can increase your chances of, of connection. But really, it's all about it's all about what you're saying. 
so yeah i met met him seven years ago and it's good to hear that 100 i just love the way that he just he just pops everything inside out you know what i mean and still makes it make sense i I just absolutely Mm -hmm. love that cool i have absolutely loved this conversation it's been really useful and interesting i think how are you feeling about this conversation? I really, really enjoyed it, my friend. Really good to, to, to share ideas and, and hear from you and, and hear your perspective. So this is almost like a discussion as well. Um, yeah. Hopefully by the end of this, you know, people have, have got a few bits and bobs that they can take and they can use and they can at least think about to feel like they can take on this this kind of like sometimes complex world of 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 speaking of storytelling when when in fact we can we, we don't let it be complex at all make it be as simple as you can right connection emotion um relevance right why people should, should listen to you giving them value intention all those things there if you if you think about those things already you are on the right path and i can tell you there are so many even public speakers, even really, you know, classed as good ones, even ones that get paid to do this as a, as a profession that are not necessarily always thinking along those lines, right? So you start thinking along, along those lines, already you're, you're on the right track. And again, and again, we're all at different levels, aren't we? We're all at different levels on that spectrum. And um, what's strong for one person may not be as strong for someone else. And it doesn't doesn't really matter. All that matters is, Whenever you're in front of your crowd, your audience, if they connect with you, that's the main thing. And that's what you're trying to do. And that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people, this is a skill worth investing in because there's no two ways about it. The person who can stand up and take charge and lead, those are the people who have the best careers by a country mile. You know, So that's something they should invest in. Good. We are over time already. So given that you've had a nice experience, I'm imagining you're not going to struggle at all to throw a couple of people under the bus who might also enjoy or at least endure to have a conversation like this with me. It needs to be people you can introduce me to. This is the way it keeps going. I'd love to. I need a little bit of time to think about that. And I can I, certainly I can introduce you to a few a few people that that would um, would be great for this. Great for this format, for this for this podcast, for this, this for a chat with you. Uh, and again, delving into ideas that are going to help your listeners to to um, to upgrade and to rethink some of the things that that will help them move forward. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So the way it works nicely is if you kind of give them a bit of an introduction, like, can I push you? Is there anyone at the front of your mind? I right don't know now? right now because I have to ask them first. <laughs> oh no, that's not how it works. That's no. not what throwing the bus. You don't say to someone, "Do you mind if I throw you under the bus?" That's not why. No, you, no, no. The, the... Yeah, I, off the top of my head, right now there isn't anyone, but there are. There definitely are people that I would definitely recommend. Okay, there good. Are. There are I'm letting you off the hook, but you need to know that it's probably <laughs> been 50 episodes since I let somebody off the hook. Okay, so this is okay. very all right. So, is it, it's, are we talking marketing? Are we talking branding? Are we talk? Are we talking sort of uh, psychological things to to you know persuasion? We're talking about all those things, right? All of those things. Yeah. The the nice thing about the way this is happening is it's kind of happening organically, in the sense that I'll speak to you. And you're a story type guy and you're a, 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 a um, 
How's my mind? You're a presenter. You're a um, conference type host. So you might introduce me to people in that direction. I'll speak to people who are brand and they'll teach, they'll introduce me to more brand people. I'll speak to people who right. are interested in the environment. Right. They'll introduce me to more environmental people. So it's kind of spidering out because it relies, and I don't use that word lightly, it relies on you throwing a couple of people under the bus. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm letting you off okay. the hook, but you need to know this is very so special right. treatment. I would, right you now. watch. I'll send out within, uh, within 24 hours, you will get a list. And that's right, a list of people. Fantastic. A list of five people, hopefully. Five people would that be would fantastic. Be five, that's great. That would that would work really well with with this with you in this in this podcast. In this arena that it's become now. In this arena, yeah. 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 It has to be at least two because one person will always do it <laughs> without me having to chase them. I haven't got energy for chasing people. So it has to be at least sure. two. If it's five then you will be completely forgiven for not actually throwing anyone under the bus right now. Okay. Okay. Five, five you'll get. Yes. So what we'll do now is we'll say goodbye like, um, like people who are on a podcast, and then what we'll do is we'll stop the podcast and we'll say goodbye like normal human beings. Um, man, this has been really interesting and useful, I think. And I think maybe I was overcomplicating it a little bit. Maybe I was thinking that a story has to have real definition. But I think what you're saying is, Actually, if you're talking about human connection, that's a story. That's what people connect with. I think maybe, yeah, it's been really useful. I'm yeah, I would agree. I'd agree. We don't have to take it. We, it's become very complex. I, I, we, I, I, I see lots of storytelling coaches and people into storytelling, and 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 often they can't really pinpoint it, and it's it's kind of kind of it is kind of fluffy. Um, but we can make it really as simple as, as, as I said, emotions and really connecting with those emotions, relevance, um, yeah. and, and looking for the messages, the lessons, the lessons we can learn. Right. So, mm. so yeah. yeah. So I think simple is, is better. Cool. Definitely. Thank you so much for your time, man, and your insights. And who knows, maybe when there's another 70 episodes in the can, somebody might refer me back to you and we might have to speak again. Well, we may have to do that. And I'm ready for it. You are ready for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm ready. Thank you so much, man. I'm going to draw a line there. But you don't Cheers, have to buddy. run away. We'll say goodbye like normal human beings in a second. Okay. okay. 